This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello everyone, welcome to the Broadcast Podcast, the first one of 2022. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, I'm Tom, the Director of Broadcast, and I've got with me Tim Simmons again. And today we're going to have a conversation about anointing with oil, which is honestly something I hadn't spent a great deal of time thinking about until a few weeks ago when, Tim, you started a conversation at an elders meeting at Christchurch Manchester on the topic. So I thought it'd be good to just talk to you a bit more about it now, um, put some thoughts out there. Hopefully they'll be helpful for people who are listening. Um, but why is it that you started a conversation about this? What thoughts have been in your head that made you want to bring it up? Yeah, hi Tom. Um, I think uh, I'd in my praying uh, about <clears throat> about the church, about our leaders, um, I it just came into my head and my heart. I, I can't think of a better way of describing it. And I think when I thought about anointing with oil, I thought we never talk about this. But actually, it's quite a, um, for our kind of uh, world background of churches, mine at least, you're a bit more Anglican than me, Tom. Uh, we, we are very laid back um, <clears throat> about this sort of thing. So we tend to kind of uh, look at anointing with oil and think, oh, it just means we should pray for the sick. And we kind of de- depower it, take all of the, the, I don't know what the word is, the ceremony out of it or the, the function away from it. Um, and I, just as I was thinking about it and praying about it, I just felt that actually there is some confidence had if you just go there, what James says to the churches, there's, he's kind of wanting people to be confident, to ask for prayer and to go and pray. And the anointing with oil is something almost, it's not quite a sacrament, is it? But it has that kind of vibe to it. Um, and as I was thinking about it, thinking actually we are super laid back, probably to a fault. Um, and I wonder if helping our, our, our senior leaders, so we would call them our elders, but for me, it would be a broader thing, our kind of senior leaders, to help them think, actually, I can go to someone and I have some authority from God. Now, I don't think James limits healing just to the uh, to elders of the church because he goes on and talks about the righteous man's prayer and all of that. So I don't think it's a limiting thing, but I wanted them to feel like they had some confidence so I, I did I did a little bit of reading. I talked to a friend of mine, a guy called Andrew Wilson, probably most people know, and, and he sent me some notes from a talk that he did and uh, the, the actual talk itself, which I pinched one or two <laughs> things from. But really, just if, when I looked at anointing with oil, I saw Jesus sends out the 12, told them uh, to anoint with oil, and they went and anointed with oil and the sick were healed. So it seems like there's quite a missionary element to it. Um, although Jesus didn't present a formula, he didn't do that often, but that's what happens. In Psalms, it talks about how um, Psalm 45, God has anointed you with an oil of gladness, the gladness being the opposite of sickness. So there's something very, I mean, we don't have it in kind of modern Western culture, do we? This idea of oil as prosperity and um, the, the blessing and all of those things. I just think about it for cooking and I don't think any more of it but it, and it's very cheap for me to buy and it's easy to get whereas I think then it was a, that was a very different thing um, and uh, and then James as well is 
in the context of prayer for for the church there and praying with faith uh, and I, I just thought that was really um I just thought it was very powerful and I wanted my leaders our leaders to feel confident um but also realize that there's the other side of it as well when James says if you are sick ask people and so that was a big question for us on that evening I thought Tom uh, was how often do people ask you it, when they are ill to come and pray for them even to think oh my the leader in my church he's he probably knows how to pray for someone why don't I why don't I uh, email him or message him and he can come pray for me but that was seems that that's a very rare occurrence so we were debating whether that was a, a cultural problem in CCM or a British church culture problem um so I, that was my real thinking behind it how, how can we be how can we build the confidence to go and pray and to ask to pray yeah that's very good I mean I found it a really thought-provoking thing just on the lines you've said like I so rarely have been asked by someone who's sick hey would you come pray for me now there are times people have told me that they're sick and I've said hey it'd be great to pray for you but that thing from James if you're sick ask and someone will come pray for you and then it occurred to me then the flip side is true as well like the times that I've not been very well how often has it occurred to me to go and ask for prayer and yet it's there it's in the bible uh, and it's quite a um, a shift in the mindset from passively going through these things to to actively going after God which does as you say take a bit of faith um, I was reading in John's gospel recently um, it's not about anointing with oil but there was um, the man whose son was dying and Jesus was on his way back from Samaria to Galilee and he went out and he met with him and obviously there was this desperation for healing mm. that caused him to get out of his house to leave his ill kid behind and to go after Jesus because he saw in Jesus this power to heal. And then Jesus said, go, it's done. And he went. Um, and when I read that, I was like, hang on, if that was me, and I'd have just said that, I'd have expected Jesus to do some kind of big ceremony, some kind of prayer, some huge momentous thing. But he didn't. He just said, it's done. And so the guy went. And when I think about the anointing with oil thing, it, it seems so odd. It seems like, why does it need to be there? Why can't we just pray for healing? Why do we need to get the oil out? Mm. And I think there's something of that same dynamic that this man had. Well, Jesus said it. And if Jesus said it, do we have faith just to accept him at his word, that praying and anointing with oil is something that's powerful, that's effective, that, uh, that God uses that in people? Yeah. Yeah, very good. I, I mean, I, I'm exactly the same as you, Tom. I had a wisdom tooth out before Christmas and it was giving me absolute chaos in my, my mouth. It was real pain. I don't think I asked anybody to pray for me. My wife and my kids, because they could see me, would, would pray for me. Um, but I did phone my mate, who's a dentist. <laughs> I was like please help me um and she did and was you know dug me out of real trouble um but I didn't ask anyone to, which is when you think back on it now you're like that's a bit mad and there are a few times in meetings I was in real pain I thought oh, I should ask people to pray and then I was just like uh, I don't want to annoy anyone <laughs> which uh just is a I mean, it was a very English, it was quite a Tim response as well, you know, you don't, and, but it's quite an English thing as well. I think, see, I don't, don't want to, I don't want to cause a fuss. I don't want drama. 
I don't want people to think less of me like I'm weak or something. <laughs> All of those crazy things. Um, but yeah, I think just think that there is a confidence there to be had in the in the word of Jesus and in the instruction of the New Testament just to go for stuff. Uh, and the, we've um, so you've got us, Tom, uh, as a church reading uh, the Pilavachian Croft book. Um, well, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Everyday Supernatural. Everyday Supernatural. And one of their comments on the healing thing was you just got to keep praying. You can't. He said so many people try a few times. Nothing happens and give up. But actually just keep praying which was always john wimber's thing um so yeah so the anointing with all really got it into my head thing if i'm with someone now who's sick i will offer to pray but uh, i mean i've been sat with people who are genuinely quite ill and they're not asking me to pray um which do you think oh, there's got to be we've got there's got to be something we can do about this so yeah. as an expectation thing it, it's a, it, a very interesting i think yeah do, do you think the people who are not asking you to pray do you think they're asking other people to pray for them or do you think they're not asking anyone to pray for them? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question, isn't it? Um, I don't know whether, whether it's a me thing. <laughs> well, no, I didn't mean you particularly, but sometimes like we can read the, the James verse. Obviously, it's addressed to calling the elders to pray. Yeah. Like our kind of churches, we, we teach people to be community, to uh, pray for one another. Um, so it does make me wonder, is it that people are calling their mates to pray, calling their community groups to pray. And so things aren't getting escalated to eldership level, you can say, yes. uh, with this. And if so, it, have we wrongly defined eldership as about some other things and not included this praying for people as part of it? Or is it just people don't really have the belief that prayer works, that don't, don't have the instinct? Like you were saying um, with your tooth and, uh, for me, different situations where we haven't asked for prayer. Is that the common thing? I don't know what the answer is, but it's, it's an interesting one to reflect on. I think there are loads of interesting points made there. I think there's the modern world we live in where there's so much medical capability, which is the grace of God to us. Um, I mean, the life expectancy being what it is now is because of sewers. Uh, and it, isn't it so and it's a wonderful thing that we can live in a in a, a nation that has that not every nation has that um and so we live with a, a grace of that so it means most of the time when you get sick you just think doctor and how do we resolve this and doctor or science which in a covid era is very you know there's scientists on us all the time about what what to do and how to behave um so you don't think that your point about the the eldership thing i think is really interesting whether we've um whether we've made eldership and leadership far too functional and uh, making things happen and success orientated or vision orientated or whatever it might be and really lose that what James was most likely talking about here. So the, the James being written to um, Christians in exile who'd fled difficulty, most likely just doing their best to build, build life and build church on the run. Um, or in brand new places that they, they were settling in. They weren't thinking in the same leadership, success, very settled life terms that perhaps me and you think of church life. Um, and so um, so there is that, that. So leadership feels like it works much more as a member of the community and leading that community from the middle, moving it um, yeah. and, and much more involved in people's lives, perhaps. Um, so it is definitely one to ponder, that for sure. Yeah. And I wonder how... How many people, when they're looking to identify leaders, they've, they've got their questions that they ask. 
How, how many have on that list? Who are the people who get asked to pray for others most often? Like, who do people instinctively think, I need someone to pray for me, I'm going to ask that person. And is that a sign we're missing, that that person is a leader in this Christian community? Maybe that's something to look out for a bit more. Mm, yeah. I mean, you and Andy Brownlee, when you talk about preachers, as you train preachers, you talk about being faithful, so mm. diligent with how you prep and uh, you know, use of the passage, all that sort of thing. And then people who are full of faith, so you know, faithful in a different way, where they're, when they get up to preach, there is a chance they'll pray for people or they'll move in the prophetic or it just is, has that inspirational um elements to the preach and and you wonder if that is a a similar thing with with kind of eldership and leadership perhaps we we look to the the diligent before we look to those who are full of full of faith and perhaps um yeah. they bring a little bit more um uh, i can't think of the, a polite word <laughs> a bit more chaos in their character should we say yeah. um but have more faith in it actually a bit more go-getter but um yeah a bit more entrepreneurially than i don't know yeah, no, that's good. Um, it's interesting thinking in, in Acts when they appointed the deacons to, to oversee the ministry with the widows. And they said they were looking for people full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom. But the first guy they picked was Stephen. And it said he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. And just that little description, those two things have really stuck in my mind and inspired me. I want to grow in both of those areas, being full of the Holy Spirit and full of faith and expecting God to move wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. So in our meetings, in our community groups, but also just in, in life as I'm meeting and engaging with people, I want this increased sense that God's going to do stuff. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. And for me, the anointing with oil thing was the provocation to that question of confidence and faithfulness and um, a confidence in the calling of God's on um, kind of mature believers to be part of their community so their church community uh, as someone who can bring healing um, and can introduce people to Jesus in that way. Um, and I mean, James talks about um, how you confess your sins to one another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous um, man, person has great power as it's working. It's a very kind of community of praying people who are um, helping each other deal with difficult things and sin, but also pray for healing too. Um, and, and so there, yeah, I think that sense of confidence, um, which for me, just, I think maybe it's even a bit of a post lockdown thing, just where we all retreated from the sick to actually think we need to be going to the sick, going to those who are in difficulty. Um, but also for those who are sick and, and those who are in difficulty to feel like I can call on my community, um, which I think probably is that a, a British culture thing, definitely a, British middle-class culture thing for sure um that slight fear of calling on people and being a burden to people or looking like we're weak I think that actually is a bit of a stronghold perhaps yeah I think you're right and it's kind of mad isn't it because I think about the times when I have been asked to pray for someone I've never been annoyed to be asked I've never thought oh this has really put me out and inconvenienced me and I wish they weren't asking me to pray I've always felt really honored to be asked to pray for someone and enjoyed doing it and yet when it's the other way around we we worry that people won't like it or yeah yeah so what's changed in you then so since you had this um kind of realization that 
anointing with oil was a thing that um, you wanted to talk about, think about this confidence. This was, what, two or three months ago that you were thinking about this thing. How have you applied this in your own life? Like, what, what's different now, having thought about this a bit? Um, I'm offering, if, um, I'm offering to pray for someone, so I'm thinking about it a lot more, mm-hmm. um, which for me is quite, it's to be up front of mind, I think is important. Um, and I'm aware of my own, so I'm thinking about my own fear in it and my own faith in it, I think. So I'm thinking about why those things are difficult. So I've been trying to pray for people uh, as often as I can. If somebody is ill, I'll, I'll do my best to offer um, to pray. Um, and we'll, depending on who it is, we'll offer to anoint with oil as well. Done that that once or twice and and have been asked to do that as well. So I think that has changed the whole time. It's a bit odd. The whole time I've been thinking about it, my, um, my, I've got a really bad Achilles and, Mm -hmm. and it just won't like I've been doing physio on it for like a year. And um, it's sounds really odd, but I didn't ever, I don't think it will get healed supernaturally. I don't feel that. And it is a bit of a weird I don't think it's going to happen that way. I think I have to do the hard work of doing proper rehab and bringing strength to muscles and all of those things. And I feel like I'm doing it in a funny way. The praying for people is uh, I've got to do the hard work of this. Now it's a, it's a supernatural move of God, isn't it? It's got absolutely nothing to do with me. Um, but James is clear. We have to pray for people. Jesus sent the 72. And um, so it's evidently there. So I think as ch- what's changed in me is it's, uh, in my heart a lot more, but it, and I'm wanting to fight the battle for it a little bit, I think, um, at, yeah. at the moment. Yeah, that's good. Um, I mean, the thing about prayer and doing the hard work, I can't quite explain how it all works, but it seems like there is something in the Bible about that. Like there's the time, I think it was a, an evil spirit who the disciples couldn't get out of someone, and Jesus said, no, this type, this type it's only by prayer and fasting and there's a an element of spiritual practice and power that at the moment you guys are lacking that you you need to step up into and then see different effects in your prayer which when we think prayer is asking god and god's omnipotent and can do anything it can be quite hard to get our heads around how it all works but it does seem like it's there um and like when you read the second half of daniel and gets into some bonkers stuff but it's like a prayer was answered like months after it was prayed because they were busy fighting some battle in the heavens against evil forces and that delayed the answer to prayer and how does that work that seems again it's not easy to pin down in a nice rational logical way but there does seem to be something in prayer is war there's spiritual battles there's um, powers that we we don't understand that we i think we're just dipping our toe into the water of experiencing some of this stuff and so i think you're right there is a a work to be done and a, a fight to be had in this um, i don't know if any of that makes sense or if it's just yeah. i mean the obvious point is it seems that people who pray more see more stuff happen <laughs> yeah. that's the that's the maths of it in a funny way i mean Jackie Pullinger, again, in that the, the Pilavachi book we were talking about, they quote her saying she prayed in tongues for 15 minutes every day. She did it for a few months and then stuff, stuff, stuff started to happen. And, and she almost says, I did it by my watch, 15 minutes, and you just got to pray in tongues. 
Um, and so there is that there is a diligence to it, which again it is a it's the um, the mystery of a, an all powerful God who can see and do anything, and it's inside and outside of time, and yet we calls us to a diligence in prayer. Um, yeah, I, I think it's to be taken seriously, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so where do we go from here? Now, you talked about your own uh, awareness of it and engagement with it more. Do you think uh, together as a church or individually or for, for those listening, do you think there's more we can do around this? Are there things you'd like to see us step into that we haven't yet? Uh, there's so many things we need to step into that we haven't yet. Um, I mean, I think if you're listening and you're a pastor of a church, then, uh, you know, or, or in leadership in a church, just thinking about your own confidence to pray and even asking the question, do people ask me to pray for them? It ain't anything. Um, there, there is a very generic kind of social media or um, if someone's a bit sick, send them a text saying, oh, I'm thinking of praying for you, that sort of thing. Um, but the kind of that above that level, uh, and you get those texts, I don't know if you do, I go, yeah, Lord God, make them better, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> just so I can say, yeah, I prayed for you, um, which is terrible. Um, maybe it's not terrible. I think God listens to that prayer as much as anyone else's. But um, that, that, to actually process, well, what, the, what do I want in my church? And I think James is, is showing us a church culture in a way, isn't it? Which we talk about often in, in CCM, the cultures that we want. And in this one, it, it's, a, it's a very lovely community, it sounds like. You know, we're, we're willing to say what's gone wrong in our lives and confess our sins and also to pray for each other that they be healed. And it doesn't sound like anybody's getting told off there. And it sounds like they're looking out for each other. And it sounds like they're all under a great deal of pressure as well. So, um, so thinking about that kind of what culture we have, I think, is uh, important for us. I mean, we're going to do a a whole set of um, preaching series around kind of gifts of the spirit. Um, and so I expect this one will come out again and again. Uh, but personally, I will, I will keep offering. And my hope is that word kind of gets out. I don't really want to trumpet. I'm now the leader who will anoint you with oil because I just, <laughs> really odd. but uh, for people who are sick, I'll say, look, do you want me to come around and anoint you with oil? This is what it says in the Bible. Um, what do you think? And we'll go that route. I think if I keep waiting, I will forever wait. Um, but uh, I wonder if kind of putting yourself in there actually changes the culture a little bit. Yeah. What do you think, Tom? I think it's very good. I was just thinking about your thing. Like, I'm now the leader who will anoint you with oil could be your new like LinkedIn header. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, th I think you're right now. I think um, it certainly made me think um, as you've brought this up and you're right that it's it's about more than the oil so it's not less than the oil like the oil is important but you're right it's confidence it's faith it's it's going after stuff um so i i think what i realized i'd been doing over the last few months is i think i've been growing in publicly doing things related to the spirit so whether that's going for healing from the front of a meeting whether it's sharing a prophetic word or or things like that recently i've been doing more of that than i used to do which i think is great it's a it's a growth thing it's kind of born out of my own walk with god but i realized when you brought up this stuff about anointing with oil that that's been mainly expressed in the public and not so much in the one-to-one -one and the private and and just having conversations with people and those healing prayers and uh, the faith to go for that so for me there's a, a big transformation there 
I, I think the listeners, like depending on what situation they're in, it might be either or both of those things. It might be taking that step and going for stuff more in their preaching, going for stuff more as they're leading worship or uh, in a meeting, bringing a, a contribution along these lines. Or it might be in their community as they're talking with people and doing stuff. Um, but yes, it's, it's openness, it's bravery to go for stuff. And I'm sure we've also got people listening now who, who are sick, who've got stuff that they need healing of. And uh, I would encourage people in that situation to, to do what James said, to get the elders of your church to come pray for you, anoint you with oil, and to have faith that, that God will work through this, because he's put it in the Bible for a reason. And uh, I think there is something in simple obedience to what the Bible says that God loves and honours and works with. Yeah, very good. I think that's it. Actually, the the initiative in James is, is with the people, not the leaders. And uh, a lot of what we see in healing ministry is people on a stage who have all of the initiative. That is a lot of the time. That is our model, which um, is no critique of uh, anointed people on stages praying for the sick at all. Um, but that is our model, whereas actually that would be nothing anywhere near what James had experienced, I would have thought. Uh, or what his churches that he was writing to were experiencing. So I, th I think that is the big take home for me in this is we need to help our people to ask yeah. and to kind of push through them. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I think just another thought that comes to mind when you mention that is a lot of the stuff on the stage is in the kind of meetings that are so big yeah. that the person at the front won't know the circumstances of the people that they're speaking to. So often it comes through prophetically. They'll have a prophetic word of, you know, what God might want to heal in someone and they'll see if somebody responds to that. Whereas you'd imagine in James's setting, this is a small community. It's a community that would know each other. If he was to say, hey, I've got this word from God that someone's struggling with a pain in their left leg, then um, one of the people in the congregation would be like, but James, you know me. Like, you know I've been struggling. Like why don't you just come and pray for me yeah and i wonder if um not at all to take away from the prophetic side because god does speak in that way yeah. but i wonder if there's just something really down to earth about we know people we know what their pains are we know what their sicknesses are and yeah. so we can walk with them in in an unspectacular way that prays for this as well as the um waiting for the right thing to be prophesied i don't know if that makes sense but no it does no absolutely it does and you're right, you know, a, a word of knowledge is wonderful. Actually, builds faith. It's a very helpful um, thing. But knowing you're sick and just feeling like I'm in a church where I can ask for people to pray for me, and they will, and they'll pause their life to do that, I think is uh, that is as important. And perhaps, yeah, we miss a little bit. Yeah. Great. Well, let's wrap up the conversation there. If you're listening to this and you step out and uh, pray for healing and anoint people with oil... <coughs> Do reach out to us and let us know how it goes. It'd be great to hear the stories of what God does through it. Um, you can get hold of us on Twitter at Broadcast CP. Uh, but we'll be back next week with more content as well. So, yeah, until then, see you next time. <laughs>